Podcast. I'm your host, Kaywin. My pick and roll partner in the upper right corner is Big Ben. We have a Midwest legend on the show today, Allie Clifton. Allie is a five-time Emmy Award winner. She is the star of the Road Tripping Podcast, the current TV pregame host for the Los Angeles Lakers for telecast on Spectrum Sportsnet, and based on our advanced analytics, she is the best hoop player ever, ever to come out of the Western Buckley League. We're going to talk about Allie's basketball career, the Los Angeles Lakers broadcasting, and much, much more. But before we get into that, we're going to give a special shout out to our sponsor, 88 Acres, at 88 Acres on Instagram, 88acres.com. We have a new promo code, WST15. Again, WST15. You'll get 15% off if you shop on 88 Acres. Delicious, healthy, nutritional bars, butters, and dressing. Just good food, delicious, nutritional stacks. At 88 Acres on Instagram, 80acres.com. Now, Ali, you mentioned that you're actually right next to the studio where you will be doing another episode of Road Tripping here shortly. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask, if you walked around the corner and saw RJ, Richard Jefferson, <laughs> would you say there's any liking to my co-host in K-Win? Uh, slightly. 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 Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so, when I logged on, I was like, wait a minute, Richard. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, Ali, uh, Richard and I have a love-hate relationship. He doesn't know it. Um, but we both live in the South Bay. Uh, the love is is because he's got this yoga studio where I reconnected mm -hmm. with my fiance at the time after a year. So I love him that he's got the business and he's supporting it because it brought me to my fiance. But the hate is is everyone always goes, you know who you look like? You know who you look like? And it's always him. He never gets that question. I only get that question. I apologize for leaning into that. Um, I should have known better. Uh, but in the same light, I mean, is he really that bad of a person to be compared to? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Winning an That's part of the love oh, hate. <laughs> love hate. <laughs> All right, Allie, we're going to take you back to your high school day. Gonna paint yeah, a picture of Allie, and uh, let's talk first. Discuss. Kwin mentioned you were a legend in the Buckeye League. What's your fondest memory of your high school basketball day? Um, I think you know it. It does take me back, um, just because for so long, um, and I would probably say even to now, if there's a part of my life that I would like to go relive, um, not redo just relive. Um, it, it was my high school sports days. I mean, I feel like we all have those moments, right? Um, but I just had so much fun. Um, one of the things that I was very fortunate, whether it was volleyball or basketball, I got to play with my sister for two years. Um, I have an older sister, Abby, um, who was a junior when I was a freshman. And um, my freshman and sophomore year, her junior and senior year, we got to compete together. Um, and, and, you know, you just think about it. We also have a younger brother growing up. Our parents are very athletic oriented as well. My dad played college football. My mom played college basketball. And so the hoops games in the driveway, I mean, it's, I can't make it up. It was, you know, it was a battle um, to say the least. And it was basically who had to do the dishes, you know, the loser yeah. had to do the dishes that night. Um, but going from like the driveway basketball to the Sunday night in the gym, um, you know, working on our games at that age to then actually getting to play with one another. Um, that was special. 
for me. And then um, my senior year, humble brag just for um, my senior class, we were, and I believe to this day, um, the only Western Buckeye League champions for girls basketball. So just that run and, and those memories, I mean, being a part of a team, it's like what I'm so um, thankful for because it's obviously what I still am a part of now, you know, with Spectrum Sportsnet covering the Lakers, my time with the Cavs, being a part of, t of a team, there's nothing like it. And I feel like I really understood that starting back in high school. You're you're very humble for someone who averaged 19.6 points and 12.1 rebounds a game. You're named first team All Ohio and the first female in school history to garner All State honors. Mm -hmm. Then you decided to go to Toledo, stay in state, play for the Rockets. What uh, yeah. what took you to that decision, Alan? Um, so mentioning my sister, she had gone through the recruiting process two years before me, so I had a little bit of experience um, doing that. Being close to home was important to me, um, just far enough that my parents couldn't just knock on the door. I mean, I had to take them two hours, so I felt like I would have had a little bit of a heads up, um, but also being able to go home when I could and having my parents and family come to games. I mean, playing in the Mid-American Conference, I feel like for the most part, the, the games on the road, especially traveling to different venues and stuff, was within range of the Midwest. And, and so it was easy for my parents, especially, who who put in the time and the sacrifice for all of us um, to come watch us play. So that was important. But Toledo, I mean, a funny story. I actually was coming back uh, from an AAU tournament. We're driving through Indiana. Um, I had a visit scheduled on a Sunday to Butler University and went on campus, did the whole tour. It was beautiful, um, about two and a half hours away from home. And then the very next day, Monday, I went to Toledo. No one on campus. Um, I stepped foot in what they call the Centennial Mall, so the dead center, if you will, um, of Toledo, and it took me two seconds. I committed, went into the coach's office, said this is where I, I want to be, this feels like home. My parents were like, pump the brakes, let's let's talk about this. <laughs> You're only 18 years old, at the time I was 17, they're like, let's, let's talk about this. Um, it took us 15 minutes on the ride home. We got to the next town, Perrysburg, which is actually where I got married, um, and pulled over at a Wendy's. And I called Coach Elon at the time, and I said, I'm coming. I want to be a Rocket. So just the familiar, familiarity of home, um, being close enough, parents being able to watch, um, come and, and see me um, was all important. So it worked out. Did you celebrate with a Frosty, or what was the celebration? <laughs> probably, probably like a double with French fries. I mean, come on. <laughs> 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 That's like my go-to. <laughs> my mom, like, short story, she, like, told me um, – during high school, because I had this routine, I would eat a five-piece spicy chicken nugget with a side salad from Wendy's before every high school basketball game, and my mom would eat a Big Mac before every game. And I'm just like, what is it about us? Like, well, I don't know. Whatever fuels us. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Allie. And then from the Centennial Mall to the gymnasium there at Toledo, mm -hmm. you chose the number 11. I did. In college, what was the impetus or the reason why the number 11? So this is great. This is weird, too. Speaking of, like, Wendy's and ordering a double, um, in high school, goes back to high school, as a freshman, I had last pick um, for my jersey number, and I got stuck with 50, uh, which is fine, <laughs> um, but it probably wasn't my <laughs> first choice. Um, but I also didn't really grow into my frame. Um, I was about 5'8 uh, as a freshman, and by the time I graduated, I was 5'11". So I hit my growth spurt towards the end of my high school career. And when I was able to finally change my number, 
it was just a little funny thing between my dad and I, um, because I was this jockey bruiser. I mean, my nickname is Mack Truck, um, but kind of player. And then I kind of leaned out, if you will. And my dad was like, 11, you have, I mean, two ones side by side. It kind of, you know, sticks in line with your your thin, you know, slim kind of figure. So I changed to 11 um, and was fortunate enough in college to be able to keep the number. Um, so, yeah, 11. I claim that to everything. It's not to give it away, but it's like my password for everything. 11 is in, in my password somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah. So Mac truck taking down Mac Nation is that kind of the the thing that Dad came up with? Uh, you're just like nailing all of these um, opportunities for stories because we actually use Mac truck um, on our telecast with Spectrum. Um, Robert Ori likes to uh, reference me as Mac truck a lot um, because I decided to give that away when I met them. Uh, but in college, I took the weight room very serious. I actually was a grad assistant at Toledo after I graduated. I got my Mac. Um, and you could probably Google it somewhere, but I, I loved to pump some iron. So my sophomore year playing an open gym, I set a screen um, on one of the more like intense physical players on my team, Tamisha Scotton, and she just like bounced off of me. It was like hitting a brick wall and it just came out of her mouth. She was like, damn, Mac truck. And we were all like, <laughs> that, that works. So ever since then, they've always just kind of called me Mack Truck. And I played in the Mid-American Conference, so it went hand in hand. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah. Whenever you, like, see it on Twitter or something, because I think I told Richard and Channing as well on the podcast when we first started that that was my nickname. So you'll see people tweet at me, even from, like, road tripping. That's like, Mack Truck, shout out, you know, and it's, it's so funny. funny. <laughs> That worst nickname. Yeah. All right, let's finish up college with. Uh, we did some digging. We found a, a scouting report on Allie Clifton from oh. 2009 to 2010. It reads <laughs> a wing player who can defend her position and handle the ball, can also get to the basket and is an outstanding rebounder. Hmm. What's not listed on that scouting report that should be? That serious question? Uh, <laughs> um, I was a phenomenal bike rider. And you're like, what? Um, <laughs> like Peloton? Like, that. are you? I do. I do love the Peloton. But going back to college, I'm actually surprised I bought a Peloton, which shout out, I do love them. Um, I tore my, I had plantar fasciitis my sophomore year and I tore it in a game. Um, and I played two games after that, and my last game, I won't forget, it was, I think, January 5th against Central Michigan. You could probably go look this up. Um, I was running up and down the court on my tiptoes because my arch hurt so bad, and the next morning, I got out of bed to go to lifting at 7 a.m., and I fell, and I had stress fractures in all four of my metatarsals, so I finished my career in a boot, and um, when I wasn't in the game, I was on the sidelines on a bike trying to stay warm. When I wasn't practicing, which was much of the end of my career, my junior and senior year, I was riding the bike. So, I mean, I just did a podcast a month ago and, and I had some of the, with a couple of the volleyball girls from Toledo and they mentioned, you know, if we didn't see Allie like between the lines, we knew where to look in the hallway, riding the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I mean like the ball handling makes sense because like I said, I was a, a point guard until like my sophomore, junior year of high school. So you had to have some sort of handle. I loved playing down low. 
Um, I took a lot of pride in just the hustle and the work ethic in terms of rebounding and, and what that takes. Um, and I wasn't the greatest of shooters. I mean, I could hit one every now and again. Um, but yeah, I feel like that scouting report is pretty accurate, minus the lack of bike riding. Perfect. You almost didn't get into broadcasting. You were <laughs> a major education. You were going to go into teaching. And I think it was the last semester before you graduated, you decided to switch. So what inspired you to switch from a teaching career to pursue broadcasting? You guys really are on top of your work, just to let you know. And I don't we know a, where we have all two interns, Ali, that are phenomenal <laughs> with Google searches and like diving wow. into tweets. So bear <laughs> with us. They make us I can't hide from anything. <laughs> um, yeah. So my dad is a high school principal, retired now, um, assistant superintendent in our school system. I have aunts, cousins, sisters, uh, my sister that is in the education system. And, and I think just going into college, obviously, like I tried to commit without even talking to my parents. Um, I was very young and I just thought that that was my path. That's where I was supposed to go. That's what, what I was supposed to do with the next up and coming teacher. I was going to go back to Vanderbilt, Ohio um, and just kind of follow in in their lead. And I was miserable. I like remember having to show up to classes. I was math and science, four to nine was the goal. Um, I loved chemistry in high school. Um, math numbers were fine. I, I mean, it was something that I, I felt came pretty natural to me. And then I took a calc for exam. Um, took me two and a half hours to do one problem. And I turned that in. I don't even know if I finished it. I turned it in and I walked across, across campus into our academic advisor's office. Um, we had two weeks, three weeks of Christmas break, um, and I just told Stacy Bowers, my academic advisor, I said, I can't do this. I was like, I don't know what I need to do, um, but I still want to graduate on time. How do we do this? Um, I'll take this next semester to figure out, you know, what I want to do um, and met with some different people, um, people that I consider mentors of mine who took me in at a very young age um, that kind of just showed me the ropes early, I guess, if you will. Um, I was able to graduate on time with an individualized study program, um, a, a degree, my undergraduate degree, and then I got my master's. Um, that's where I graduated with liberal studies, but it's when I dove into broadcasting. That's when I called games as a color analyst. Um, I, I worked in the local, you know, Channel 11, ABC, CBS um, departments, sports departments, if you will. Um, all the while being a GA in our weight room, I just did whatever I could at the time to kind of figure out what it was I wanted. And the broadcasting thing was, was where it was at, I guess, for me. Um, I know the first time I did it, I was like, no way. It was a high school girls basketball game. It was a Christmas break <laughs> tournament. I was like, I am awful at this. Like, no one told me that, like, just because you play doesn't mean it's going to translate. You're going to be great and can talk about it. <laughs> um, but I stuck with it. I stuck with it. figured it out. Um, enough, I guess, if you will. And then one thing led to the next and I was a sideline in Cleveland. Um, and then here I am in LA. So, yeah. And then here you are winning your fifth Emmy. Yeah. What, what makes this one so yeah. special? Um, you know, I think I had won the four in Cleveland. Um, it was in a role that I, Obviously had a lot of growing to do. I learned um, in terms of I had never been a sideline before taking that opportunity um, with Fox Sports Ohio and the Cavs. And 
um, obviously the years there and just, again, that one role. And then, and so much change personally, professionally from Cleveland to here in LA. And when it comes to the career aspect, diving into that new role of hosting and being a part of a new team here in studio, um, I'm so fortunate. And, and I think when we won this Emmy, it just makes you look back at all of the things, especially um, that went into this particular award with this team um, and the year that was. And that was started off with Kobe and the coverage and as a human being, you know, giving what we, what we did and what we had to something that was so much bigger than us. Um, you know, oftentimes we, we do what we do because we love it and we don't call it work. And that by no means was work, but that was very humanizing. And it, it kind of, it made you step back and, and understand um, how important the role is and the approach to the role, um, but all the while being there for viewers, which is why you show up in the first place, right? And fans. and giving them what they deserve. And so you start with that, to then COVID, to the bubble, to then being a part of the Lakers in their, their 17th championship. And just a culmination of all of it made hearing our names be called for winning an Emmy as one very special, very rewarding. Um, I often say this job can be exhausting, but if you do it the right way and you remain passionate about it, um, it it's, it's one of the most rewarding things that you can be a part of. And I feel like that's what the Smith Emmy meant. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit it home, like 2020, the transition to LA, you know, there was a lot in between that. So very well deserved. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm not very good at math or history. But <laughs> number five was in LA. There was two Emmys in Cleveland. So where are the other two? So my so I got my first one, was it my, after my first year? I got four in Cleveland. Okay. So I have a personal one and then I, in Cleveland, which was awesome. It was actually my final season. I remember just bawling. Um, and then the other three were with my team as well. So we did, we did four in Cleveland, yeah, four in Cleveland. Um, three as a team, one personally um, for my sideline reporting and then the fifth one here. So when you get to seven Emmys, Will the conversation debate be Michael Jordan, LeBron, <laughs> the greatest of all time? I am not into that debate. <laughs> hey, Michael, actually, Michael only won in Chicago. You've got Cleveland you know, and LA. Cleveland, I think LA. Yeah, but Bron, if Bron gets to that point too, he's got, I mean, where are Brady's one? He's got multi too, right? Yes. Yeah, only on the East Coast, Sally. We're a West Coast pod, so Brady's out of our <laughs> territory. <laughs> so we leave him. <laughs> we leave him. Leave him to his own perils. I love that. We'll take Joe Montana over Tom Brady anytime. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, Alec, we transition to uh, the Lakers, and we take okay. you a little back towards um, your teaching educational career. If you had to write a progress report, on the Lakers off season. I didn't say I was an English major. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Just give us, give us a couple of highlights, a couple of key bullets. 
One thing I will say, I'm very coachable. So whatever you need, I got you. <laughs> uh, okay, so progress report from this off season. Yes. Um, I will say this, going into it, I think there was, including us here at Spectrum, obviously, we always want to know what's the team going to look like. Um, obviously, we cover them night in and night out. And so we do tend to see things in which we feel, obviously, as fans, but broadcasters, um, that maybe need to be improved on. And I give Rob Palenka, ever since I've been here, which I'm going into my fourth season, um, I give Rob Palenka in the front office a lot of credit. Um, I am a fan of the aggressive forward thinking, um, not afraid to turn every stone um, approach. And I think that the Lakers have done that. Um, you know, there, there are always ways and opportunities. You go back to that 2020 championship and, and what they did the offseason after that. They weren't satisfied. They just won a title, but they made moves. Um, and, and then you go back to what happened a season ago. Obviously, health played a large role. Uh, we all know that. Um, but it's easy to want to rest on your laurels and want to run it back with the same group because you didn't really get the same effect or the effect you were looking for because of health. Um, but they didn't stay. They didn't stand down to that. Um, I think they've done a great job of looking at what their core is, and that, of course, starts with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, adding a superstar, which, by the way, I am such a fan of, and Russell Westbrook, I even said it before it went, it went down. Talked about it on the Lake Show podcast for a couple of weeks. At first, it was like, how is this even possible? I didn't even know it was possible. Um, but I thought then, it was fake news. What's that? I thought it was fake news. I was like, me too. Who this out? Me too. And then I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to lean into it just for fun. And then I was like, oh, we need to think about it. And then I was like, bam, done. Um, because I think what I've also learned too now covering LeBron, I mean, four seasons in Cleveland, three here going into eight seasons with him is – is you can't put anything past him and just his mind. And obviously we know of the relationship he has with the front office, which is so reciprocated um, in terms of being on the same page and, and wanting the same goal. Um, so with Russell, obviously we know it starts there, um, but shooting was important. And I also think that because of Anthony Davis and his impact um, at that center position um, and what he does from the power forward spot, um, Figuring out your bigs, your rotation was important to me. Um, shooting and spacing, I think they addressed. You look at the new guys. I don't want to hear about age either. I'm kind of over that. Um, I, I like the experience factor. I like at this point of um, a lot of their careers, the willingness and the want to win for those that haven't. Um, speaking of Russ, speaking of Carmelo, um, I think Trevor Ariza is a guy who understands what it's like to be a Laker champion, obviously, his ability to shoot it, play defense, um, defend. Frank Vogel, sorry, I'm going off a bit, if you will, on a tangent. Um, I don't think gets enough credit for his ability to instill a defense-first um, approach. Uh, when he stepped foot in two seasons ago, that's what he did from the jump. Um, it's the reason why the Lakers have been top five um, last season, even without AD and LeBron for much of it, remained at the top um, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think, and then you add experience um, just in terms of, you know, Kent Bazemore. I like his approach, the Kendrick Nunn. Um, I love the Dwight Howard um, return. Uh, what is this three, three-time experience going to look like for him? Um, I was a big fan of what he did in that series in 2020 and when it came to um, the postseason and what mattered most. So um, I just, I think they've done a great job. 
Um, I will give them on paper, it looks great, but paper doesn't win championships. Um, I give them an A minus for what they did. A minus, A, A minus. Um, but now it all has to come into fruition, which I place a lot of responsibility on that of the players. So, Ali, you just gave us the play-by-play -play of the Lakers offseason. We wanted a little <laughs> color commentary right now on uh, okay. a few sp players specifically. So how do you see, you mentioned Kendrick Nunn, but also uh, Malik Monk, who will consider probably yep. role players on this roster. Where do you see them fitting in this next year? Look, I think the biggest thing I've learned um, when it comes to playing alongside superstars is the approach to always be ready. Um, it may look different night in and night out. I think the one thing we've learned from Frank Vogel is he also likes to approach it um, in terms of matchups. And he's not afraid to um, pull the trigger, make moves, make adjustments. The one thing he does so well is communicate. And, and so I think it's one thing we saw last year with Wes Matthews, Markeith Morris, um, getting DNPs, yet being able to step in and impact um, on the fly. And so for guys like Malik Monk, you think of the youth that they do have on their size, their side, right? The Kendrick Nuns, their ability um, to kind of change pace, um, tempo, um, and impact maybe at times in, in bunches, um, but other times just with the, the stay ready approach. I think it's going to be necessary. I think it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, you've got the, the elite, the veteranism to steal a line from Robert Ori. Um, mindset with the bulk of your roster, but you need those young guys. Kalen Horton Tucker, I thought was phenomenal um, in terms of getting that done and bringing it back. Obviously it was tough to see Alex Caruso go because we all know what he's meant to the Laker organization, um, but THT is a gem. And um, I think just as much as Malik Monk and guys like Kendrick Dunn are important, he, he's a valuable piece. So you mentioned the Crowd favorite, the fan favorite, Alex Caruso. He's no longer with the Lakers. Uh, KCP's gone. And Rondo uh, is gone as well. And many of the pundits believe that that's going to hurt the Lakers on the perimeter when they have to defend Steph Curry, Dame, Kyrie, and, and the likes. Who do you think is going to step in and fill the void on the perimeter side of defense for the Lakers? Look, I... <laughs> I honestly believe this, um, that you've got size, you've got the, the mindset, you've got the IQ, um, but I think it's going to be from a team approach. And, and I say that from the standpoint of you mentioned the likes of Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, um, Kyrie Irvings. By the way, not one player will tell you that they can be stopped single-handedly. I mean, I think that's what we learned with the Lakers a season ago, just to take it back, to keep it in the short term, is that it was by committee a, a lot of nights. And it does start uh, on the perimeter. But when you think of your back line, you've got your safety in LeBron. You've got one of the best defenders for multiple positions in Anthony Davis. Um, you've got a Dwight Howard protecting the rim. You've got a Mello who has put himself, his body physically in a position um, he played 25 minutes ago in season 18, uh, or 25 minutes a season ago in season 18. So I think it'll be a, a by-committee approach, um, but I also think that it falls on the players to have the understanding of being in shape and, and being ready for that task, because it starts on that end. Um, and, and I think you've got a group of guys that are committed to that. Yeah, Ali, you mentioned kind of the per peripheral 
players outside of what we now call the big three in LA. And let's mm-hmm. focus on AD. You mentioned injuries uh, kind yeah. of played a part in last season, right? We I think we all saw that played elite defense and was able to score at all three levels when they won the title two years ago. How do you see those three superstars coexisting in LA? You've got three superstars that care, first and foremost, about others. Um, their teammates. They are the one thing I've loved reading about with Russell Westbrook, just because he's the new one, if you will, added to the mix. We've, we've seen LeBron James and Anthony Davis have the impact and want to make their teammates better um, over the last couple of seasons. But with Russell, he has players around this league, stars around this league that will consider him one of the best teammates he's ever had. Um, he said it in his introductory press conference. He's there to uplift others. Um, but specifically speaking to LeBron and AD, he said they're friends first. He cares about them as people. Um, and then when it comes to the way in which they operate and will find ways to win and impact the game, um, that takes care of itself. I think their skill sets obviously lend, their future Hall of Famers, um, lend to their responsibility um, to figure it out. That's another thing. Um, they've got too much experience. They've got too much skill. Um, you know, does their games change? I think that is to be foreseen, but you expect that, right? You can't just yeah. bring in a future Hall of Famer who impacts the game in a triple threat um, sense like Russell Westbrook and not think that you have to change by any means. Do we see LeBron on the block more? Do we see Russell on the block more? You know, where do you see Anthony Davis? More inside? Um, will he be outside a little bit? Where do they space? Where do they stretch the floor? Um, I think the opportunities are endless. And I think if they get on the same page, which I trust that they will, I think there's too much um, potential there not to. Um, I think it'll be dangerous. Their ability is to get guys involved, playmaking. Um, That's why you have to add shooters around you, because I understand spacing. Um, But I also saw a force in Milwaukee. And Giannis onto the Kumbo yeah. uh, that just won a title playing downhill at the rack. <laughs> um, that I, I just find it hard to not think that if they can get on the same page and health is on their side, um, that they can't figure out a way. So Russ's college teammate and roommate on the road in college was Kevin Love. Who yeah. You're familiar with uh, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But let's say Russ calls up Kevin and says, Kevin, Give me some advice on playing with LeBron and being a part of the big three. How do you think Kevin would answer that question or that phone call? Oh, I cannot speak for Kevin. I love Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He would probably say call Richard Jefferson or Channing Fry. (laughs) 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 Not going to lie. No, I, I just I think we all see it with LeBron. The one thing LeBron is there to do is is make you better. Um, he's so good IQ wise. Um, come to work, you know. Um, no matter where he is at his point of his career, he'll be the one to outwork you. Um, and, and obviously, Russ is not a guy that will let anyone outwork him. So I think he's got that covered. Um, but I think just that one step ahead approach is the way in which LeBron operates. He's got you beat with his mind. 
um, nine times out of ten in my book. And so I think just having your your antennas up at all times, um, being ready to run, um, you know, and just having that one goal and whatever it takes to get there, whether that's time, you know, um, putting in the work, um, the the scout, the understanding of opponents, the history, the studying of the game, all of those details matter um, when it comes down to it. But it's also something that I probably wouldn't disagree if you told me or think that you're crazy if you told me that Russ already has that covered. So. Well, we're here with Allie Clifton, five-time Grammy winner. Uh, we Last question on the Lakers. So the summer okay. league just wrapped up in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Who are the young guys that made an impression on you personally as you watched uh, the summer league? And then who has a, a chance to potentially be a, a two-way player or actually make the roster for the Lakers this year? Um, you know, I was actually, I kind of fed into that hype, and I think a lot of it was probably because of um, Alex Caruso <laughs> and what he's brought out uh, of those who have worked their way up. But the Mac McClung was fun, um, the hype mm -hmm. there and his potential. You know who I've actually really been interested in in terms of how this is going to pan out? is Devontae Kaycock. Um, you know, you've seen him with the Lakers. Obviously, he was there in the bubble. Um, he's been a part of what they're building. Um, and I just think, you know, when you look to the, the final roster spots that are available, which I believe are three now because of Jared Dudley, which makes me so sad. Um, but shout out to him. I think that it, it's, it'll be intriguing to see what the Lakers are looking for when it comes to filling in those spots. And, you know, could Devontae Kaycock, who has the the grit, if you will, kind of that bulldog size, has been a part of the system, um, likes to get up and down, um, strong. You know, is he a guy that, that could eventually maybe fill out a spot at the end? Um, I, I know they the Lakers like to operate with flexibility, so at least having one spot left open, but there's still two to be filled. Um, and, and so I think, you know, only time will tell, um, but he's a guy that I, I am very intrigued with to see what pans out for him. Interesting. We're all uh, excited for a training camp to start in the NBA because best time of the me year. Me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, when free agency hit, I, I think my tweet was, can we just start tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> which I still need these last couple of weeks of the off season, uh, but nonetheless, I'm so excited. Um, and, and I think too for so many people, just getting back to 82 games, um, having fans hopefully um, remaining in the stands um, will be will be key and fun. It's just something that kind of gives us that more sense of normalcy um, that I think we're all looking for. All right, well we're right, going to transition to one of our, or actually our most popular segment. It's called Watch oh. Your Feet. So we're gonna go through some sporting events that are on TV and you can pick, are you gonna watch it? Or are you gonna go to the beach? That's typical. Now, since Allie loves yoga, we're gonna throw in three options, watch, beach, or yoga. We're not gonna do this weekend because I'm actually out here in Palm Springs and I'm gonna be hanging out at the pool 
So I won't be able to edit this podcast for a while. So I would really like that inner tube. I would love to have a cocktail and be laying on that inner tube right now. <laughs> I'm going to get there in a couple of minutes. <laughs> so we're going to fast forward to Labor Day weekend. It's a big college football weekend. We've got yep. uh, some events. Ben, do you want to read the first one? And typically what we do is just read the event and then we just go around the horn and each one of us gets to pick and banter around, watch, beach, or yoga. Got it. And I, I've got okay. my school here too. It's <laughs> awesome. Sunscreen. It's 11 a.m. Pacific kickoff. Fresno State, the Bulldogs, Derek Carr, David Carr versus Oregon Ducks, number 11. I am going to actually watch that game. Kevin Thibodeau and the Ducks and Mario Cristobal have me a little hyped up around some Pac-12 football. There's only one team that I care about when it comes to college football. So until you say their name, I will be at the beach. However, I am going home for Labor Day to Ohio, so I will be in an inner team in my parents' pool. <laughs> Putting fair on this enough, fair enough. I'm with Big Ben on this. I think Oregon is probably the best chance from the Pac-12 to go to the BCS playoffs. They have to win. They got to win on Saturday the 4th. I'm going to watch that game, start a college football. Text me let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Biggest game of the, uh, the, the weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend. I think it's unavoidable to potentially watch this one, but. I'll let you, Allie and Kay, win to decide. We got the U versus Bama in the Crimson Tide. And that's a, I think it's a 1230 Pacific kickoff. That's prime beach time, but I'm sticking around on the couch. I'm watching that game. This is a West Coast pod. I'm taking my beach ball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the beach. I'm not watching that game. Beach all day. I am not giving Robert Ory any kind of credit for me saying that I'm going to watch a Bama football game. No. Actually, it'll probably be on in the background because it is Bama. But, no, I will be in the pool. (laughs) All right, Allie, so we haven't hit your college football team yet. Maybe this is one of two of them. So we got San Jose State, the Spartans, who played, had a pretty darn good season last year against the – USC Trojans. <laughs> struck out nope. again. I know that's another. St- I know that's another sport. We struck out again. I'm at the beach or in the pool. <laughs> I'll, I'll be doing my. Uh, I'll be doing some sort of uh, Warrior Two pose during that game. I'll need a break from football, so get me on the yoga <laughs> mat. Let me decompress from oh, the two yeah. earlier games. So be I'll be doing some yoga. Yeah, I should be doing yoga at that time, too. <laughs> I've been a happy baby sitting right next to Ben. I'm, I'm choosing yoga on this one. Shout out to Soho Yoga. We'll be there. I was going to say, child's pose. Let's start and end <laughs> child's pose. Maybe several throughout. <laughs> All right. And this game's actually on ESPN3. We have the Norfolk State at the Toledo Rockets. Oh, I'll be watching that one. (laughs) Obviously, it's the Rockets. I will be watching that one. Yes. We will have that game on. Yep. And now, since we're big fans of the Mac stuff, we'll be watching that one too. Yes. Exactly. Okay, and then if you're an MLB fan, (laughs) this is a, a big rivalry in the state of California, obviously. We got Dodgers at Giants that night. 
Dodgers oh. in the hunt. Giants in the hunt. Yeah. Hey, when I know you'll be watching that game. Nope. Nice little beach bonfire. Wait for the playoffs. Okay, Ali, we have you for about nine more minutes or so before you got to jump for your originally scheduled okay. program. But we got something called the West Coast Swing, where we like to uh, just jump around, funny questions, answer them as short as long as you'd like, and uh, then we'll get you out of here. All right. Okay, when you got the first one, my friend. Our intern was hard at work, and he found that there's Allie's Closet on Instagram, where yeah. you post some clothes, you market some clothes, and you talk about clothes. Big Ben and Kay Wynn, we have some uh, swag, some merch, but it's mainly for males. We need to tap into the female audience. What athleisure gear should we produce next for our female listeners? what athleisure wear like what brand um or you know or just what kind joggers 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 with a crop top joggers with a crop top yes all day all right ali you're fresh out of college in atlanta interning for the hawks take take yourself back there What would you go back and tell your recent graduate self, maybe some knowledge that you have now? Oh, that's hard because what I would, I feel like the obvious is to like live it up, but I really lived up that summer. Um, (laughs) I dove in. I mean, I I moved away. It was the first time living outside of Ohio, um, 10 hours away. Uh, You know what? connect more. I think I would have, I, looking back now, understanding the importance of connections, um, no matter how they come. Um, I ran um, camps and clinics with the Hawks, their summer Kia hoops program. Um, there, I shadowed for a WNBA game for the Atlanta Dream um, with Bob Rathbun and LaChina Robinson at the time. And I also, um, there were like different concerts and events and stuff going on all at the same time. And I think I just would have tried to be more connected, get emails, get phone numbers, um, make, you know, connections, relationships, if you will, because you just never know how they could impact you or, or help you out down the line um, or vice versa, help others. So I think connecting um, is something that I probably could have done a better job of. Wish I would have. Cavs legend J.R. Smith is back in college playing golf. Shout out. out. Yes. You lettered in basketball, volleyball, and track and field. Now, if you could go back, you can't play basketball. This is only volleyball or track and field. What sport would you play if you could go back? Volleyball. You, I can, I can choose volleyball or track. Yeah. Yeah, volleyball. Yeah. Outside yep. hitter. Uh, I played all around, but when I got to the front, I was a middle. D2 small school. (laughs) Uh, Allie, last question. What's the best part of living in LA? And Kyle threw this on there just to to poke fun at me because I'm up here in Seattle and he's in Hermosa. So, but lay it on us. What's the best part about living in LA? I'm in Hermosa as well. The sunshine. There, there is. Um, short story. When I first moved here, I, I think a couple of times I prayed that the sun wouldn't come out. That sounds ridiculous. It also comes from someone from the Midwest who sees gray nine months out of the year. 
So when it just kept coming out and kept coming out and wasn't going away, um, there was no rain, there were no thunderstorms. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I was like, this is real. The, the, the sunshine is real. Um, I love it. It's, it is completely um, so good for the soul. It, it may seem so cliche, um, but it, it is. What it does for my mood, what it does just for, you know, overall the things you get to do and experiences and the places you get to go, um, that is a big part and a big reason as to why I love being here in LA. Great response. So, Ali, we have one last question. We usually like to put our um, guest on the spot, but I don't know if we want to do that to you because the Mack truck, we're a little scared. <laughs> I'll run you over. So, <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll just dangle the carrot now. You don't have to answer online. You can answer some other time. Okay. But we say this person has to be in your phone, someone that you know, because WST is the gift that keeps on giving. It's a referral system. And okay. through the referral, we get all these great guests. So based on what you heard today and you saw our format, who do you think would be a good fit for a future guest that you could help us get? Channing Fry. All right. Have you had Channing Fry? We haven't. We'd love to get Channing Fry on here. Channing Fry would be awesome. Um, we love I mean, we love former players too. It's yeah. just it, it flows right. There's no so easy. no stop in them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, you have to get a taste of Channing Fry. Um, the one-liners, the comedy, um, just his pure desire to like make everything just so low-key and chill um he gives his time he's all about the wine industry right now he's killing it in the wine industry he obviously lives up in portland um so on the west coast he's got all the jobs um but he's so generous with his time standing fry that's the guy right yeah thank you for joining so if i can help you let me know <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna need your help there but before we let you go do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can see what you're doing next, where they can find Allie's Closet? Yeah, um, actually it's all compiled on um, my website, AllieClifton.com. Um, you can find my Instagram, my Twitter, um, because I actually don't know my handles. Um, <laughs> my Road Trip and Podcast, uh, my Allie's Closet is on there. So AllieClifton.com, go check it out. Yeah. All right, well, Allie, thank you for your time. Great time. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Cheers. This is fun. Cheers, Mac Truck. Yeah. Yeah. We might have you have to have you come back on again mid mid season or something like that. Give us your assessment. But the work yeah. you do, the thoroughness you do, the the obviously you're I, I, I look at it this way. So I went to school for broadcasting as well. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't make the jump. The idea that you took the jump and have worked your way through uh the industry is awesome. So congrats on the Emmys and um we look forward to watching you this season. Yeah, I appreciate that. Sometimes I feel like I need to jump further. So hearing that means I'm actually doing something right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. This is fun. Let me know uh, if you guys want to do it again anytime soon and what I can do to help with Channing as well. Absolutely. You're wonderful. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. You're good. Namaste.